Welcome back to Read Talk. I'm your host, Whitney Godwin, and I want to start today's podcast by congratulating all of our students who are graduating on Saturday and participating in commencement. It's one of the greatest times of the year that we get to celebrate all of the accomplishments of our students who are graduating and what's next for them. Today, I have a guest on the podcast who has had an exceptional career. She graduated in 2014 from the College of Media with a degree in public relations. She spent a lot of time in event planning um, and with some startup companies and now actually works for herself. She is an influence and travel lifestyle um, blogger as well as an influencer, and she has a lot of really great things to say and a lot of really helpful advice. Hi, Jess. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Hey, Wit. I'm good. How are you? Doing good. So I am really excited about this episode and I want to dive in, but I do want to talk briefly a little bit about your time at WVU. Um, and so you are not originally from West Virginia, so just a little bit on how you ended up at WVU. Um, and did you always know that you wanted something to do with strategic communication? Yeah, for sure. So I am actually from Long Island, New York. So yeah, I'm not from West Virginia. And I started at community college on Long Island, which was a great start. But uh, I knew eventually that I wanted to go to a big school somewhere like really far away to get a different experience. And at first I was majoring in English because I love to write. I've always been a writer. Eventually I, I realized that English wasn't going to take me as far as I wanted. I wasn't really interested in being a teacher. So I was like, well, what can I actually do that will allow me to just like have better skills and go a little bit further? So that's when I got into public relations and I was looking at the program at NC State and WVU. And those were actually my two top schools. So obviously NC State is an amazing school too. Great weather, great school. Um, but the journalism program at WVU was a lot more enticing to me. I just remember thinking that the program was going to be best for what I was looking for and that I can do more with that major. So I ended up choosing WVU, majored in public relations and minored in communications. Mm -hmm. And I transferred right after my first year and I was there for three and a half years. So yeah, that was, that was the best decision, obviously. I absolutely loved my time at WVU. When I was actually a student, it was called the School of Journalism. So we used to call it the J School, mm -hmm. now it's the College of Media. So yeah, there was a lot of transition during my time there, but the classes that I took, the professors that I learned from, it was, yeah, one of the best experiences that I could have asked for. Yeah, so you were, were pretty involved here. You did some things with like, you know, PRSSA. Can you talk a little bit about um, your experience as far as getting involved here and how that helped you moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. So when I first transferred and I started becoming like more interested in public relations and what that actually means, I knew that I had to get involved because I wanted more hands-on experience. That was something that was really important to me. I knew that I had to have an internship and that that would look better getting a job eventually. So I joined PRSSA with the hopes of just like learning more about PRSSA and again, getting on that hands-on experience. So when I was there, there was obviously like so many different opportunities within PRSSA, like public relations just includes so many different things. And I knew that event planning was like my thing. And it's funny because my mom was actually an event planner. So I took after her in that. I think I just had the personality and the drive to be like in that type of atmosphere. 
Mm-hmm. So I started helping out with a lot of the events, whether they were a nonprofit or just planning dinners for the community. And I fell in love with it right away. Like, even though I had like all this help and I was doing like such a small part, uh, it was so exciting to me. Mm-hmm. So I continued doing that. I also, I eventually became um, the PR director of PRSSA. So I was helping like edit the website, writing newsletters and doing uh, like press releases and stuff. So I was still doing a lot of writing, but I was also getting that events hands-on experience. And yeah, that was one of my favorite experiences at WVU. And I still have a lot of the same friends from that as well. So yeah, amazing. Yeah. So you actually, you know, took all of that experience. And when you left, you you did go into event planning for a while. You have a, a ton of experience in event planning. Yeah. Um, for our listeners who are interested in that, can you talk a little bit about some of those experiences, things that you learn, things that you want people who are interested in event planning to know? So when it comes to event planning, obviously there's so many things that you have to keep in mind when you want to go for a career like that. Um, and I will say like first starting out, I wasn't entirely sure what kind of event planning I wanted to do. I just knew that I loved it. And I think like when you're graduating and you're going into your job for the first time, you're kind of like desperate and you're like, well, anybody that wants to hire me, I, I'm like, I'm happy with. When, when I graduated, I ended up taking like a little bit of time off. I traveled a little bit, but once I was done with that, I started applying for jobs in Manhattan, mm-hmm. um, which is only like an hour and a half from where I lived on Long Island. So I want to say it took me like a full three months of applying. Mm-hmm. And as many know, applying for a job is like a full-time job itself. So yeah. it, it took a long time, but I finally found a corporate offsite venue called Innovation Loft. And that was like my first big girl job. And what we did was basically plan events for corporate offsite meetings. Mm-hmm. So the space itself was kind of like an adult preschool. It was 6,000 square feet. You'd go into it and it was just like really immersive space. It had like tables, chairs, walls that could be moved and like a bunch of props for creativity that kind of just allowed, um, groups from corporate companies to come in and kind of feel like a little bit out of their element and feel more comfortable and get creative and stuff. So we planned workshops, um, seminars, like dinners, all different types of events, depending on what the company was looking for. And I will say that starting with a startup company was personally great for me because Mm -hmm. I was kind of doing everything at once. I was wearing a lot of different hats. I was doing the tours and writing out the contracts. I was like a tech person. I I got into IT somehow. So it was kind of just like this experience where I was taught to do so many things because I didn't really have a choice. When you work for a startup, there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of different jobs. So at first it was overwhelming, but I quickly realized like how of a skilled worker I actually am and how much I can actually handle. So it ended up being like, yeah, a great first job experience. There's also a lot of downsides to working with a startup mm-hmm. because you don't have as much help and resources. So I think that honestly, my number one advice, just starting out, this might be kind of unrelated, but my number one advice when you're just starting out for any job is don't let anyone make you feel inferior without your consent. I know that's mm-hmm. a famous quote, but I think that you're extremely impressionable and you, you just want to do like such a good job with your first first mm-hmm. job, but not to let people 
in the company kind of hinder your spirit because there's always going to be people that you don't love working with or that you don't get along with that well even if you are someone like me who kind of gets along with everyone there's yeah. always going to be people that are tough to work with so mm-hmm. kind of sticking to your morals sticking to your spirit and knowing that what you have to offer is actually really valuable is what will take you further but yeah for the first experience there was amazing and i think that from an event planning perspective it's really it's really helpful if you actually do learn as much as possible because when you are planning an event and you're there in person, you know, for 500 people say, just, just as an example, and like, you know, stuff is going wrong and like people are asking you, it's really good to be that person. And that was like, that was a skill that I took with me. People don't realize how much actually goes into event planning um, or the strategy. And I also think it's important. And I think this is something that the College of Media does really well, but it sets you up with a lot of different skill sets. So in case you do need to tap into those skill sets, even though that may not be your exact job, um, Mm -hmm. you do have those writing skills or you have the uh, adaptability um, to be able to pick up something new really quick. Um, should, should that opportunity arise for you to need to do that. So um, glad that you brought up those points. So now you are on a similar but different path. So you're, you're a lifestyle and travel blogger and, and an influencer, which is a really fascinating side of the industry. And I know that, you know, people hear the term influencer, they might not exactly know what that means um, or how it relates back to this kind of strategic communications um, side of the house. So um, were you starting some of those things in college or, or how did you get into this? Yeah, that's a really good question. So honestly, I, I want to say I didn't really get into this until I moved to California. So that's kind of like the second part. Like once I left Innovation Loft, I went to California to live with my boyfriend because he had a job out there. So we moved to the Bay Area and within a month I found BCG, Boston Consulting Group which um, is where I became an office services assistant. And then I quickly became an event specialist and did both you know, internal and external events there. So I absolutely loved my job there. Like I could talk about BCG for hours. Absolutely loved that company. And I feel like it shaped me into the professional that I am. Like your first job is your first job. And actually like Dr. Presgrove always says this, but she says your second job is really your first job. So. Mm-hmm. I had the most amazing experience there and met people that have changed my life. So once I was there and obviously I was in California, I started doing a lot of traveling. Um, And that's when I kind of started like using my social platforms to show what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And at first it was just like, I was just doing it for fun. It was just a passion of mine. I loved sharing what I was doing with others because again, like everything I do is wrapped up in experiences and creating Mm -hmm. experiences for other people. So between my job and then my side hustle, I used to call it, um, it was kind of like this immersive world and I was, I was just enjoying it. So I want to say two months before the pandemic and I was like, okay, you know, I've been posting to Instagram for a long time. I have a blog, but like, what can I actually do with this? Is there something here? So I ended up taking an online course in January, which like completely shifted my mind about influencer marketing, how you can grow a business online, what is available to you. So I took that course and then I started implementing those strategies that I learned to my Instagram, to my blog, 
And I started gaining a larger audience. I started gaining more engagement. And I realized that the story that I was telling, other people were interested in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's so important to know about influencer marketing is that, yes, most of the time it is tied to one person. But when you build your brand and you share your story with others, there's always going to be people that are interested in what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a really important component because like whether people want to admit this or not, influencer marketing is the future of advertising. Mm-hmm. Like people aren't reading magazines anymore. People are going on Facebook and Instagram and they're looking at their influencers and they're seeing what they're buying and they're, they're selling out. These influencers are selling out products because their audience loves what they do. And the, the audience is actually connecting with them one-on-one. So yeah, influencer marketing is something I'm like super passionate about. And I know that there's like, just not a lot of great education on it right now because the industry is so new. Yeah. And so you kind of brought up this point there, there really hasn't been a lot of, of education on it. I think, you know, originally it it started kind of as this just term that people heard like influencer and they didn't exactly know what that meant. Um, or why it was important or just how important it would become as social media continued to explode and the digital scene kind of continued to explode, you know, because when we graduated, Instagram had only been around for a couple of years. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when I graduated undergrad in in 2012, it was fairly new as far as people starting to actively use it every day. Um, And so I think it's come on the scene really quick. And so in some ways, it's been hard for people to adjust to being able to kind of teach that skill set. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, a lot of it builds off of collaborations and partnerships, some of it does not again, at the end of the day, it's storytelling, like you mentioned. So what is kind of a typical day look like for you? um, When you're you're doing this? So uh, the big picture, the number one thing about what I'm doing is that I rely on multiple streams of income. I'm not just an influencer, but I do a lot of different things. So I have clients and I help do social media management. Um, I have my blog, so I'm writing blogs and I'm also freelance writing. Then I have my brand collaborations. Then I have affiliate marketing. I also have a Poshmark store. Like there's so many different things going on um, day to day. And I think that that's really important for anybody who wants to start an online business. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to influencer marketing specifically and what I'm doing for that, I mainly focus on working with brands and hotels. Mm -hmm. So I'm a travel blogger. So I, I write about my travels and I like create travel guides. I do hotel reviews. I also put together outfits that you can wear when you're traveling and, you know, the way that you do that. And it's like, you know, like, how do I do that? How does one do that? It's like, you start just by sharing organically. Like the best influencers are the ones where like, they love doing this and that shows because I think if you were to go and just decide to be an influencer, you you know, there has to be like that, that passion there and something Mm -hmm. that you love to share with others. So For me, a typical day, I usually, I wake up, I work out, I do my client work, I check my emails, I talk back and forth with brands and hotels, deciding on whether I'm going to create deliverables for brands that I love, or if I'm going to cover um, like a hosted stay at a hotel Mm -hmm. to an area that I'm visiting. 
So there will be a lot of communication. Then there's blog writing, there's Instagram uh, curation, like thinking about what my feed's going to look like, even like a month from now, what the captions are going to say, how I'm going to organically um, bring the brands and the hotels into that because mm-hmm. that's, that's what I built. That's what I do. And people know that when they come to my page. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like a typical day. Obviously things change, but I think that's what I love most about my schedule is that it's so flexible and I can choose to work on what I want. And so you've touched on this a little bit and I just want to hear your thoughts on it. So, you know, a, a lot of these things do start from just organically having this passion to share with people. Um, but at the end of the day, you are kind of, you know, sharing your life, um, probably not all of it, but a lot of it. And so how do you find that like mental health balance, um, as someone who's constantly sharing, because I think too, especially this past year, we've all, you know, felt the need to take some breaks from social, um, Mm -hmm. or step away a little bit. So with all the noise and, and all of the chaos going on, how do you find that time for yourself? Um, to, to mentally step back um, and then still continue to want to be so open and sharing. and Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Like, especially this past year, obviously there's been so much happening, a lot of sensitivity online. A lot of people saying like, oh, you know, influencers should share more or they should share less. There's mm-hmm. a lot of opinions out there. So I, I think that when it comes to like keeping it balanced, I I personally always, I'm very vulnerable. So I do like to share about what's going on with me to a point with Mm -hmm. my audience. And I've seen like so much great feedback and positivity from that. People sharing their stories with me, mostly Mm -hmm. in, you know, my DMs. Like I I have conversations with people all the time. And I think that's what is so great about this is like, it's constant networking, even if it doesn't seem like it. Like I'm talking Mm -hmm. to people all day, just like I did in any of my other jobs. Right. Um, so keeping the balance, you know, I will say like social media doesn't like affect me as much because it is my job. Like Mm -hmm. I I would not be doing this full time if I didn't think I could handle it, but Mm -hmm. uh, everybody needs a break. So what I usually do is I, you know, I'll, I'll be on my phone like throughout the day, but I have certain hours in the morning and at night that I'm not on it. Mm -hmm. I will say it's really hard to keep that, but I think if you're really like on yourself about doing that, it's so important. Like even staying off your phone an hour, especially right before bed, especially when you first wake up, when your brain is still processing, like what's going on, that's really important. And then, you know, I share my life all the time. So I think something that I've done really well is when I'm with my friends and my family, I will right away, like get the shot that I need to, or film something, talk on Mm -hmm. stories. And then I am like theirs for the rest of the time. So I think if you can find a way to, make this like so that yes it's very natural and you're you're automatically like knowing when to share stuff but also being really mindful of people around you because mm-hmm. not everybody gets it not everyone wants you on their phone and you you shouldn't you shouldn't want to be on your phone either you should want to be spending time with them so definitely being strategic about keeping that balance and telling yourself not to do it or to do it if that makes sense and yeah. so you kind of touched briefly on this but do you think there is a lot of criticism surrounding influencer marketing sometimes. And again, I, I really do believe a lot of that's like people just don't understand it mm-hmm. um, unless you're kind of in media. So what what do you want people to know about influencer marketing, travel blogging? Like what do you want people to know about this side of the industry? Yes. Number one, I think that because, you know, the term influencer gets such a bad rap is because 
there are a lot of bad influencers online and because there's no standard in in the industry like it's kind of like every man for himself like we're all still figuring this out Mm-hmm. which if you ask me, that's really exciting because I'm kind of in the, the beginning to the peak of what's going on and it's only going to get bigger from here. Yes. But I want everyone to know that influencer marketing, like I said, is, is the future. And the reason why it's so powerful is because when you're following someone on the internet that you like can relate to, it's way more personal than what advertisements used to be. It's like, you kind of feel like you know the person. It's kind of like you're talking to a friend. So when I get on stories, when I share my life, when I make people laugh, like they, there's that human connection there, which you just don't get from any other form of advertisement. So when you have an influencer that is really passionate about what they're doing and takes it seriously and actually tests products and places before they recommend them, that's where you build that trust. And I think that it's really important for people to understand that. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's what brands want. Like they want yeah. that authentic connection. They want people to feel like they're not being sold. And I think that that's totally, that's totally accurate. Like I love when I find a product and I'm like, oh my God, I got to tell everybody about this yeah. and I'll get on and I'll tell them. And it's like, I just shot a couple stories because I am genuinely sharing right. and you know, so that's, that's definitely most important to me. Yeah. And I think we are starting to see this more and more, like you said, especially with TikTok, um, you know, I think a lot of, of brand influencer connections are, are starting to happen there. TikTok fosters that environment, um, as well. Um, and I, I do think in a, in so many ways, it's a really good thing. Like you said, there are some bad influencers out there, but that's like with anything, um, with any industry. And I think that there are some really great things happening out there. Um, I think especially this last year, we've seen a lot of brands, use influencers to communicate their, you know, stance on social justice or exactly. um, whatever it might be. And and so I think too, it's also important for us to note that while, you know, at the end of the day, advertising is about buying a product, I think a lot more um, in the past year or so, we've seen brands and, and Nike has done this for a really long time, but we've seen brands really try to you know, connect, um, emotionally and, and say, this is where we stand too. Like we do want you to continue buying our products, but also we want you to know that this is what we believe. Um, and this is what we support and this is what we advocate for. Um, and I think that that is a way that we've seen advertising evolve as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. So we have a lot of students that are interested in in maybe a similar path to what you did, you know, and you were just really fearless and kind of going for it and saying, you know what, this is this is what I want to try full time. So what advice do you have for them? And what would you encourage them to do? Like looking back, what do you wish you would have done or known in college to kind of help you you know, a little faster in this process, or maybe realize this a little more again, you know, it it was hard to predict that influencer Mm -hmm. marketing would be a thing. But from your standpoint, what would you encourage them to kind of focus on while they're here? Yes, I think that if I was younger, I think I just I wish I would have started sooner. And that you can't you can't like, dwell on that. But getting started as soon as possible is what will make you successful. Because the most important thing with doing what, with what I'm doing is consistency. And everybody says that in the industry, it's overused, but it's so true. Just get started. 
if there's something that you're passionate about, everybody's passionate about something. Everybody is good at something like start and figure out what it is that you can offer others, get clarity on what you think you can offer others and how you can solve problems for them. Mm-hmm. If people like when people come to you, like ask yourself, what, what am I good at? And what do my friends ask me for? What, what do my, what does my family say about me? Like all those traits that you have, it's really important to notice in yourself and really dig deep on your why, like, why are you here? Why are you doing what you're doing? And what can you offer others so that you're, you're changing their life? And it doesn't have to be something so dramatic, but it can be, it literally can be like something as small as, you know, what to wear um, for events. Like if if I wanted to take it that way, I could have been like an event planner stylist, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's so many different things. And if you really just dig deep on what you're good at and what you can see yourself doing long-term, that's it. Get going with it. Like there's so many different platforms now that you can get involved. You can you can be on YouTube, you can be on TikTok, you can be on Twitter, you can have your own website, which I always suggest. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- definitely have a website, but uh, consistency, that is the number one thing. I think um, second, and something that I'm realizing actually a little bit more recently is not to make your content and your brand all about you, mm-hmm. but kind of intertwining it with you and what you can offer others. Like how how can you serve others? That is like the biggest thing because that's what will gain you an audience that is loyal and that loves to, to see what you're putting out because you're actually understanding what their problems are. And then I think like, once you, once you understand those things, it's of course, like you have to have a business plan. You have to really understand like, okay, well, how am I going to make money doing this? Because Mm -hmm. there's there's endless ways to make money online. Like I will preach that forever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, opening up those ideas about, okay, how can I monetize what I'm doing? What other things can I do online that I'm good at? And how can I make this a full business plan so that it's sustainable? Um, I always recommend following like educators online, there's social media educators, there's online courses, there's podcasts, like, like even now I've been doing this for like for about a year, I, I've been doing it full time for the past six months, but I've been into in the, really into this industry for the past year, and I'm just learning all day. That's all I do. Yeah, I'm just absorbing content, and I'm learning about how I can do this job better because it's new, right? Like, yeah, there's not like a guidebook. It's like, yes, there's so much like advice out there, and there's people who have done it, and their story is great. Yeah, like when you start doing this, you're going to like really look to others and for inspiration and be like, okay, what worked for them? How can I tweak that? What can I do? And that's all great because it's really good to learn from successful people, but never, ever, ever forget who you are and the value that you bring. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you are the one that is going to make yourself successful. You know, your brand the best, you know, what you can offer other people. So take everybody's advice with a grain of salt, because at the end of the day, you know, what's best for you. I think two important things that you mentioned there. One being that, you know, you talked about basically you're solving a problem for somebody and that that's what advertising and public relations is. Um, It's solving a problem for someone. and, And this is just a different way to do that. So for people who might be struggling with the term influencer, I think that's a really good way to think of it. Um, it it is problem solving, um, meeting a need for somebody, um, because that's exactly what it is. Um, and then the other thing you mentioned is is constantly learning. And I think, you know, maybe this has changed a little bit in the past 10 years, but 
we're at the point where technology is evolving so fast that any media industry you go into, whether that's journalism, ad PR, um, any type of marketing and communications, it is constantly changing. Um, you have to be adaptable. You have, you're going to be learning for the rest of your life, um, no Absolutely. matter what side of the path that you, you yeah. take. So yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that. Um, so our seniors will be graduating this week. What advice do you have for them? Wow. Um, I'm trying to like picture myself when I first graduated, which was in 2014. <laughs> so that was a while ago, but I think the best advice is always know your worth. Like, mm -hmm. like I think I talked about this in the beginning when we first started talking, but you're so impressionable when you first are going into the real world and you just want to like do a good job. You want to mm -hmm. impress people. You want to make everybody proud. And those are all great things but like always remember that you have the skills, you have the intelligence and you're, there's always a place for you. Like going through the job process, it can be, it can be tough, especially if you're getting a lot of rejections and you're not finding the right fit. But I promise you, like you will always find what's meant for you. Mm -hmm. And you know, that, that experience, especially from a first job is going to be invaluable. So I would say like, whatever your first job is, like attack it, go all in. Yeah. So when, when you're in your first job, I think it's really important to, of course, like learn from everyone around you first and not like come into a job thinking that you can solve so many problems because yes, you are like so intelligent. You're going to do so great, but I think it's really important to learn how companies operate first and what their processes are like. Mm -hmm. And then you can start making suggestions um, because you don't really understand what it's like until you're in it. Mm -hmm. So, and that, that's invaluable too. Like, like I said, your first job is going to be so invaluable, but yeah, remembering your worth, remembering who you are learning from others and going above and beyond, like always be that person that is willing to do it. Even if it's not in your job title, because people will rem remember that. Mm -hmm. I think in every job that I've had, I've had such good relationship building because I'm extremely reliable. Mm -hmm. People know they can count on me. And that wasn't by accident. Like I, I put everything that I had into my job and it paid off. It always pays off. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all of your advice. It's so much to think about. And I am really excited to see how this industry um, keeps going. I, I would agree with you. I think, you know, we might not recognize it in five years, um, but it's definitely going to explode and change. And so I think it's really important for um, our students to have access to this type of content. Um, if, if students want to connect with you just to, to talk more about this, um, mm -hmm. what would be the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah. Um, so you can either email me at jesslitris at gmail.com you can message me on Instagram at Jess Litris. I'm very active on the platform as I talked about, so I'll definitely answer. Um, and then my website, jessicalitris.com. So it's mostly just my name. Um, would just really encourage any of our listeners um, who are interested in this to connect with Jess, um, even if it's just consuming her content. Um, mm -hmm. I am an active viewer of Jess's content. She's really thoughtful about everything that she does. And I think you guys will um, find it really, really helpful in your own life too. So just thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. That's going to do it for this episode of Read Talk. Stay tuned for next time.